Well, everyone, after a really long and really difficult hiatus, we are back. I'm very glad to say. And before we get into the episode where we're going to talk about a lot of the things that happened during this period of time, I want to remind everyone of my favorite way for you to support the podcast, which is, of course, our Blick affiliate link. When you purchase your art supplies from Blick, just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, and that will take you straight through to the regular Blick website where you can purchase all of your products, except when you use our affiliate link, 10% of your purchase goes to support the show. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. Right now, there are some really good promotions going on at Blick. The Gamsol Odorless Mineral Spirits are, I think, 25% off. Uh, the Blick Disposable Palette Pads and Blick Artist Tape is also marked down. And we know that these are all products that a lot of our listeners use. So once again, to take advantage of those offers and support the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about when bad things happen. Rebecca and I are really happy to be bringing this podcast episode to you this week, the first one after a long hiatus due to a very difficult situation in my personal life. Today, we'll be talking about how the past few months have gone for us and offering some thoughts about how reconnecting with your creative practice is a solid and healthy step forward in getting your life back on track. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yes, it has now been about four and a half months since our last regular full-length episode. Um, And in that one, we aired the first part of our interview with the artist, Jason Matthias, and we still have the second part of that interview to publish sometime soon, but we wanted to start um, our return to podcasting with just some of the more personal kinds of conversations with, with just Ross and myself, since those have always been, you know, the main event and, and important to our listeners. Um, so that's what this one will be, and, and probably the next few episodes. And... Um, if you were keeping up with the podcast over the winter, um, you're probably aware of what was happening with Ross's family situation and the reasons that we went on hold for, for a while, for quite a while. Um, I guess neither of us realized that the break would stretch on as long as it has. But as several of you commented very sympathetically and kindly, family does come first. Right. And I, I think that when things started to go wrong, we we didn't really have a concept of just how wrong they were. Um, and uh, for those of you that don't know what happened, um, it was a few weeks after our baby was born, uh, Kara got very, very sick. And out of respect for her privacy, I don't want to share too much of what happened, <clears throat> but uh, it was a it was a very very scary situation. It was a, a, a potentially life threatening situation, um, and uh, and it was a very rare condition that she developed. Um, it does not happen very often. Uh, there have been maybe a dozen cases in the entire United States, um, or maybe a dozen cases total. I'm I'm not really sure, but it's it's extremely extremely rare. It was a medical situation that stretched on for months and was extremely painful. 
And uh, during that period of time, I became a single father and uh, also had to care for my wife. Um, and basically everything else got put on hold in my whole life. And that, that just became everything that I did every waking moment of every day. Um, and I, and that, and I got very little sleep during that period of time too. Um, but, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go into too many details, um, with, uh, with what exactly happened, but it was, it was extremely traumatic. Yeah. It was. And I, I was there for a little bit of that. And I know I was with you in Florida for a few weeks and I know it was very tough. So I would say it feels, um, you know, good now to get back on track, to be able to get back to podcasting. Um, and I think what you went through led us to think of this particular topic. And so we kind of wanted to, to kind of uh, wrap in some general discussion about dealing with when very disruptive things like this happen in life, um, not all of which are totally negative. I mean, in my own life, there was kind of the whole moving situation last summer. Um, but many of them are really difficult. I think a lot of people um, during the pandemic have had to deal with illness, with uh, losses of family members, with job losses, lots of challenges. Um, but of course, these things happen all the time, as we know. Um, it's part of life. Um, and it really can be hard enough to go on with daily living alone after something traumatic happens, um, you know, aside from giving any energy to other stuff. And particularly in this podcast, we want to talk about creative activity, um, your art life, or whatever you do that's um, that feeds your creative self. So I think we're, we're also absolutely recognizing how difficult all of this, but also just hoping to offer some encouragement if you happen to be in this situation and to say that your art or whatever it is you do creatively is just too important to give up on. And, and I don't know, I think we both believe that it, it can bring you strength that you need to cope and and adjust as you go forward to to be able to get back to that um, place where you were. Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely need an outlet um, in order to to manage that that emotional toll that uh, that trauma takes. And and I I should note too that um, Kara is recovered at this point. Um, she's doing much better, and the baby is fine. Um, although. Uh, part of the result of her illness is that she um, had to stop breastfeeding. And so we are dependent on formula now. And with the formula shortage, that is a very scary situation for us. Um, but, uh, but life is getting back to normal at this point. And part of that needs to be um, dealing with what happened. And, and a, a big way that right. I've always dealt with trauma is by talking about it. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked about a lot of things on this podcast that were, um, difficult for me. Uh, and, uh, and this, this outlet is very important to me that we get back to it. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it is conversations that, you know, we need to have when we're going through stuff like this and, um, and to, to come out the other side with, I think, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of, 
you know, moving forward, we have dealt with this. Um, and, you know, I, I came up with a, a number of thoughts having to do with specifically with art practice. Um, before I get into that, though, I would say I, I have really been fortunate in my life that I haven't had a lot of experiences of like prolonged traumatic stuff. Um, I've certainly had some, um, as such as uh, my mother had a long illness at the end of her life, and I was her main support person. I she didn't live with us, but I had to be there uh, with her a lot and helping her through things. Um, and that was, uh, you know, that was definitely disruptive. I had much less time to myself. And of course, like again, you you do things for your family that that you're absolutely committed to doing, and and you do them out of love. So um, that is all, you know, really understandable. Um, but you know, as I as I get older, I realize, hey, these things can happen anytime. They happen to young people like yourself. They happen especially to older people as well. And so maybe the thoughts that. I wanted to share today about all this or the things we're going to talk about are are aimed at some future um, situation for myself as well as for other people that um, I have definitely watched other artists going through hard times and dealing with things. Um, one of the things that seems like it comes up pretty often when people come to a workshop, uh, someone in the workshop will say, um, I've been dealing with something in my life that's really thrown me off track. And it's been a while since I've painted, and I, I'm just trying to get myself back into the studio. And so they've come to the workshop, and I, I think that's a great example of a way to kind of recharge or, or start over um, taking a workshop, taking an online class, um, maybe joining some art group or other interest group that it just kind of gives you a little uh, jump start, I guess, um, maybe especially with something in which you are a beginner, because it's kind of a way to ease into things that you left behind. And kind of going in as a beginner in a new medium puts you on a level playing field with every, you know, with people who are just starting and maybe can help with just getting that energy back and dealing with that sense of loss that you're going to have if you've had to step away for a while from something that you love doing. Yeah. And taking that first step is, is oftentimes the the most difficult when you, when you, when you just get back into being normal. And I, I think for me, a uh, part of that has been trying to get back onto a, onto a schedule, um, trying to, um, because I mean, when when things are just kind of going on and on and on for for weeks or months on end, um, days kind of run into each other, and eventually you lose track of what mm -hmm. day it is. And uh, you know, the getting back onto like a weekly schedule or a daily schedule, a daily practice is something that that is can be um, a big hurdle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that really, it really shifts your kind of um, awareness, I think, into how to shape each day and how to get the most out of it. And, you know, trying to get out of that period of time when things are just coming at you, like you say, it's always something, you know, it's always some new symptom or some 
situation that you have to deal with and it's so it takes so much energy i i think i think one if there's one message to say today that comes out of your experience and what we you and i both did as far as the podcast goes with your situation uh, was to be patient to be kind to yourself now and then you and I would talk about, you know, well, the podcast, and we did one short episode where we sort of explained what was happening. But whenever we would sort of float the idea, which wasn't very often, but now and then, it would be an awareness of it's not quite the right time yet. Um, we were waiting for that moment when it felt right for you to, to give it your energy and focus. And, and I remember you said, I want to when we start this again, I want to be able to commit to it. So it's not another, you know, disruption or, or downtime after we get going. Hopefully, we never can predict. But to start out with a commitment, yes, we're back. Yes, we're doing this. Um, and I think that sense of commitment is what really is core to, to getting going again. Yeah. And, and there was a, a period of time where um, I kept on kind of wondering, like, if Kara was going to end up back in the hospital um, or if right. something else was going to happen. And uh, I, I think that sometimes we we get used to things being things falling apart um, and we're kind of just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, we, we probably could have got back into this a, a few weeks ago, but, um, until pretty recently, I was, I was not really convinced that, uh, that we were, that we were out of the woods and I, there's a right. part of me that's still waiting for something else, you know, so maybe something completely unrelated to uh -huh. happen. Yeah. You get into that trauma mode and it's, uh, but I think recognizing, you know, for anybody listening to this who's going through something, recognizing is there a point when you can at least make that commitment to getting back to it. Um, I I know that sometimes there's a sense of pressure to get back to something um, that is important to you, and maybe there's outside pressure. Maybe um, as an artist, you have some demands on you, and and yet you're struggling so hard to just get through day to day. And I think when, you've, when you're feeling that pressure, it can lead to some kind of negative negativity in your thoughts because you're kind of beating yourself up as in like, I should be able to handle all this. I should be able to jump back in, you know, what's... And so that awareness that, uh, no, actually, <laughs> I can't right now, but I have that commitment inside... I think negativity, negative thinking, um, maybe a bit of what you're mentioning is kind of um, developing a, a fear of what's next so that that can hold you back. Whatever negativity, whatever form that takes, um, unfortunately, for sometimes it leads to people giving it up altogether because I think when you're upset about life in general, um, you you might have fears, as you say, you might tend to see your creative work as kind of extraneous, unimportant, I can just give that up. Um, you might even feel guilty for wanting to go back to it, 
if you are helping somebody else as you were, or, you know, you have a family member that you're uh, supporting or anything else that you feel I have to be there for some other person. Uh, how can I even think about my work, you know? Um, but all that, I mean, I think to counter that, it's all kind of that version of the cliche about putting on your own face mask on the plane before helping others. Because, you know, your work, whatever it is you do that's important to you, that's, you know, that's your strength and your anchor when things get difficult. And it helps at the point where you can get back into it. I think it really helps you help other people as well. You know, you're more yourself. You're more um, connected with yourself. Ideally, art connects you with yourself. Um, ideally, anything that you enjoy connects you with, um, you know, the good parts, the strong parts of yourself. So I think it's just, uh, you know, I I have to acknowledge, you know, that your focus, anybody's focus can disappear for a while, as obviously it has to if you're dealing with something big. But even if it goes sort of underground for a while, the importance of that commitment to get back to it when you're ready, I think is, I don't know, I think it's really um, crucial that you don't abandon the idea that you can get back to it or you convince yourself it's not possible. And I, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of sad stories of people being waylaid more or less permanently by things that happen to them. Um, I've run into this with a lot of artists in my life that over time, they have, maybe it was a a traumatic situation, maybe it was a series of smaller events, but they gave it up. And it leads to a lot of regret later on and a lot of kind of sadness for giving that up. So it can be just sort of this passive thing. It gets swept away and you just allow that to happen. And and I don't know, I just think that's sad. And I I think it's a big hole if you do abandon it. Yeah. And I, I think a big part of that ends up being financial concerns. Um, you know, and it, for, for me, I mean, I've, I've had to take on other work at this point, um, and things that I had hoped would be kind of paying my bills have been pushed to the back. Um, and, and before we ended up needing to take a long hiatus, I had been asking for listener support to deal with, um, some medical issues that I had had, you know, before, um, before the baby was born. And, and now it's like, that seems like such a small thing compared to what we're dealing mm -hmm. with now. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's, that's... uh, and I, I'm just not, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's really hard if you're a production artist and you're, this is, this is how you eat, you know, this is how you pay your bills to right. just, turn the creative juices back on and be like, all right, I have to get to work because I've got bills to pay. And it's, right. it's hard enough when you have kind of a, a normal job that, that doesn't require creative energy. Um, my, uh, my neighbor is from Ukraine and his family is, is still in the country. Mm. Um, and he was going through a whole lot at the same time that I was going through a whole lot. And we were, we were able to kind of share that, but we were both in the situation where, I, I asked him if he was, you know, able to work. And he's like, I just can't, you know, uh -huh. I, I, I can't even begin to, to go back to work. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a big struggle to 
to face normal life when your whole world is falling apart. Yeah, and then I mean the economic considerations for sure and I mean many people are able to continue going to work if they have the kind of job where they're held accountable they have to go in. You know, and they they struggle through it when you have a job that's more self-directed how easily that can fall apart when you when you have so many other things to go going on. You you really can't do it as you say. Um and then there is that pressure. Okay, how am I going to pay the bills? Uh, and and if if that job requires your creativity, yeah, how very difficult to to keep going. Um, and I yeah, I've been kind of speaking from the point of view as art as a, a supporting activity in your life, not something you necessarily depend on economically. But as you say, for for a lot of people, it is. It does pay the bills. and Well, and we've always tried to speak to that, yeah, you know, with have. our listenership, try to encourage people that this this should be your whole life. You know, your your, yeah. your art should be your life. It shouldn't be something that you do on the side or as a hobby. It should be something that, that you love and that supports you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and I've always said there are different ways of seeing that <laughs> kind of support. Um, I think right, for, and it could be it could be emotional support. Yeah, but I mean, but it's important. It's very yeah, important. And, it's very central. And I've and always think, felt in my heart that people tend to view art as something that is not something that they can do as as a career, and and that's something that's a, that's something I've always tried to speak against. You know, if it if it's not your career, there's nothing wrong that doesn't take away from your art, but. Right. But if it is your career, I think that that's a completely valid life choice. Oh, absolutely. It, and <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> exactly. And 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 yeah. so, like when things fall apart, then it's it's that much harder to get back oh, on yeah. track because yeah. of what your vocation is. Yes, it has adds a whole other level to it. Um. So, yeah, I mean that. Uh, it can be done, and I, I would say, um, you know, I wanted to talk about a few situations that I have kind of observed with, with people carrying on in the face of disaster um, as artists that um, I, one of them is just the story of Jim Sherbarth, our our friend, and we, the, the, the late Jim Sherbarth, who died of cancer about a year ago, but in the last months of his life, he was making art and all the time until he absolutely could not. And he ended up doing it on his kitchen table. Um, he had um, terminal cancer, had to give up his studio. But to the end of his life, and, and we visited him very close to the end of his life, he was producing work. And that that story has been so inspiring to a lot of people because it shows the power of art to get through a really difficult time and to focus on it. Uh, and it was his, his career as well. And so, but I think it was, it was absolutely essential to his, you know, his state of mind, his happiness, um, quality of life as he dealt with that impending death. Um, I've also known a few artists who had studio fires 
lost everything in a studio fire. And um, it's, you know, again, inspiring to see them go on with their lives to rebuild their art practice um, and, you know, change change in some way is inevitable when something like that happens. I think you you redefine your art practice. You redefine how you make your work, maybe where you make it. In the case of losing your studio, you might change what it's about because uh, if you've been through something and your art is connected to your life, your art is probably going to reflect that in some way. Um, so kind of you know, what's, what's going to change in your work? What is, where's the continuity? Where's the change? Uh, what needs to change because your circumstances have changed? Um, lots of kind of creative questions to grapple with as you try to work through these times, because you are not the same person as you were before these things happened. And if you can bring that to your art and see that as feeding your art, and it doesn't have to be in a negative way, as in, oh, these terrible things happen. If you look at um, what Jim produced in those last months of his life, there's a lot of um, kind of transcendent thought. And I really felt looking at them, um, those collage works that he did in a particular series um, about his life, that he was working through so many things and thinking about his life in a profound way and i mean it's just it's so moving the the power of of that work and what he did um so i i guess that's kind of the message of you know positive hope that you know it is possible to go on i i think there's a, other things that factor in i think pacing yourself is one i mean if it feels right to you to start slowly back into what you do I think you have to honor that. Um, maybe waiting, as we said, until you really have the focus and energy that you need. There's no one way to do this. Everybody's different. Um, and to whatever extent you can do um, to, I don't know, balance commitments or responsibilities that are staring at you uh, in terms of your work. And even if you don't do it as a career, you probably have some of those. There's some expectations that are hovering out there that somebody wants you to do something. <laughs> and and if you have it as a career, you have a lot more of those. So trying to figure out how to work with the people that are having expectations of you. Can you cancel that show? Can you postpone it? Um, can you get some more time on that commission? Whatever it is, not to be afraid to say, hey, my situation is really tough right now. Um, I think sometimes we hesitate to to say things that are personal, a little bit afraid of, oh, that sounds like an excuse, you know. Well, it is it's a perfectly valid excuse if you really can't you can't do it right now, you know? And and people have to accept that if it's if it's the way it is. Um and I think part of expectation is, you know, on your on yourself as well. Um, you you have lost your momentum, <laughs> no doubt. It's kind of inevitable. Um, how do you get it back? Giving yourself some time and well, right. And and it, but at some point, it's it's time to say, all right, let's do it again, because you don't want right. to just let things go forever. Because the longer the longer things sit 
the harder it is to get them moving again. Right. And, and go ahead. I mean, like when we sat down to start recording here, we both kind of had this moment where we were like, all right, what, we need to hook this equipment back up again. I know. I couldn't <laughs> even remember how to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it could be a roadblock to just getting going again, for sure. Um, and yet, you know, you don't want to allow that loss because if you lose your connection to your creative work, you're compounding all the other losses. You know, you may have lost your health in some way. You may have lost a loved one. If you're going to lose your creative life as well, that's that's just tragic, even more tragic. So um, I think... Uh, you you mentioned talking to your friend, uh, your neighbor, who was going through such hard times as well. I think, as you mentioned, conversations. And in in terms of art, I think it's really good to have at least one supportive art friend who's going to ask you not always about how are you feeling, how is your, you know, whatever your situation is, but will sometimes say, how's your work going? You know, have you had some new ideas? Do you think about your work? Um, I noticed this summer when I was moving, um, again, not a tragic situation, but, uh, you know, on some level, <laughs> quite an upheaval. I noticed that if I would just give myself a few minutes to just remember being in the studio, because I didn't have a studio at that point, and life was very crazy, um, but thinking oh, remember the paints, you know, remember the messy studio, remember just kind of putting myself almost like a daydream into that place for a few minutes. I felt like, I mean, it was an impulse I had to do that off and on. And it felt good. You know, it felt like, okay, that's kind of a touchstone. I will get, I will get back to that. Um, and so if you have a friend, even if you're not actually working, but who sometimes refers to your work or says something about your work, you know, it's good. It, it helps you feel that connection, you know, your identity, really, your identity as an artist um, or whatever it is that you do that, you know, helps you be you and get, get back with that. Um, and I guess one more little bit of advice that I, that I found when I had been through the times that were disruptive to me was just trying to find one exciting idea to follow in my work. And, you know, as you mentioned, it can be overwhelming to just step back into wherever you were with it. It may be just too much. Um, but what's what's one thing that you could do? What's that first thing, as you mentioned? What's one idea that just kind of pops into your head and gives you that little spark and then go for that? and see what happens after that. Cause I think that really, that first step is really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's really crucial and you, ha you have to start somewhere. You can't, yeah. uh, it's, it's, uh, you, you got to break the cycle at some point. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, I would say, you know, that, <sighs> I don't know, some of the things that we've been talking about today are kind of general observations. You have specific examples of what you've been through. Uh, but I've also noticed, you know, this, I've worked with a lot of artists that have specific examples and they have been through some big disruption in their lives. And, and just kind of 
observations about what helps, what is the reality of those situations, and what helps people to get out of them. And and everybody and every situation is different for sure. But it seems to me that the core idea here is commitment to your work. Um, And that you can get back to it. And so just holding on to that idea of getting back to what you love can, I don't know, I think it it will it will bear fruit in the end. There may be a, a long period where it's kind of underground, but it will come back. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.